Good morning. My name is Noah, and I am involved in the 30 and Under Youth Group. Um, today we're going to be reading from Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, women, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some of her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Thanks, Noah. How are we doing? So we finally got there, chapter 3. We've been talking about that and foreshadowing that for a little while. Um, and, you know, the bliss of Eden kind of explodes here with this decision. And if you were with us last weekend, or you've been here at all in the last couple of years, you've seen this, my very pathetic, rattered, tattered throne of my life, right? And, and we said last week that essentially the decision to eat of that tree was the same battle that a lot of us go through, and that is saying, you know what, God, I know you're God, but in this area, just for this, you know, I'm I need to be happy, or I think I, I, I think you would want me to have this or do this or whatever it might be, and that's where the transgression comes, and it's this constant deception that all of us face in this broken world. But before we get to what I'm going to call little picture, still an important picture, that deception battling it, you won't get there without understanding the big picture of all of this. Okay, that that transgression, that that sin unleashed a beast of sin that has spread throughout all the world, creation, animal kingdom, and worst of all, every one of us. Some of you, I mean, we're just a little past 11. You've already had time to add to that sin this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but uh, I know I have. And I'm the pastor, right? It's a constant battle. And if you haven't yet, well, give yourself some time. There's time after. And here's the thing with the big picture, all right, is that that every one of us, because of we're born into that, it's like picture this chain. Not a physical chain, but a chain. So again, we are a slave. A slave to that sin. And so the reason I put this as big picture is it's really, you're not going to go to a self-help podcast and watch that or a seminar and, and change yourself from the outside in and get rid of this. You're not going to you know, do certain things, go to church a certain amount, or quit this habit, or if I just quit smoking, or if I just don't drink as much, right? That, like, I'm going to get this. You're not going to do it. And so, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, there is no hope. Why are we here? But God, right? Big picture. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And what he does is he frees us. That's why it's a big picture. Because if you don't get this, you're not going to get the, you, you will lose this battle all the time because you can't do it on your strength. But in Christ, in Christ, you can. You have the freedom to win that battle every single time. 
Let's pray before we go to his word together. Lord, thank you so much. Um, thank you for our worship team and our tech team back there and just all that they do so that we can worship in song. And um, Lord, for our children's teachers and workers and nursery workers that are down with our kids, thank you for them. Our greeters, our refreshment team, those who are headed to Worcester right now. So many other things that, that you bring us together to be able to worship you, serve you, serve one another. Lord, I pray you continue to bless and grow us in all the ways that are good. I pray for this time now that it wouldn't be Jamie's sermon, but it would be the message of your spirit to saturate our minds and our hearts. Only you can do that, Lord. Only you can bring lasting change. Only you can, can destroy those chains in our life. It's in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Genesis chapter 3. If you want to follow along, I'll put it on the screen as well. Uh, next weekend, Advent. First weekend. Some of you already started Christmas. Any Clark Griswolds in here? Like to, if you don't know who that is, we can't be friends. I just need you to know. We, but we decorate and all that. Remember, I got two main rules for you if you've been with us. I give you the same lecture every year, right? Go ahead, decorate to your heart's content, but don't set up until you clean up. What I mean is I don't want to drive by your house and see an angry, evil-looking pumpkin around the manger scene, all right? All right, and I... Second one is I also don't want to see it look like a rival gang just drove by and blew up Frosty and Santa and they're laying strewn. If you like the inflatables, keep them up, all right? Those are very depressing. But, and this is completely serious, I do want to just take, it's not my sermon, so, uh, but you have the opportunity right now, right now as we sit here and go from this room in a little bit, to grab a hold of this season and make sure that it's about Jesus, now, that doesn't mean, you know, get presents and parties and decoration, do all the family, friends, do it, amazing, beautiful, but please, don't go in debt. You know it's not going to satisfy your soul or anybody else. Didn't last year, it's not going to this year. Don't, you don't feel like you have it. cut it out. If it's not something that's, on, like, just don't do it. A long time ago, we don't, uh, we, we stopped doing Christmas cards. It was, my wife was doing it all. <laughs> I certainly wasn't, and she was getting very, very stressed about it. And I said, this is ridiculous. Let's just stop, right? And so we did. And, and so you might love cards. Do it. But if you don't, don't. It's okay. Breathe. Open your Bibles as much as possible. Make prayer a priority. Make worship a priority. So when you're at the end of this Advent season, you're like, I feel like I grew closer to God, not I'm in debt, and that was horrible. Thank God it's January. I mean, who would ever say that, right? Okay, enough of that. But that's just my lecture to you and your promise to enjoy the season the way God wants you to, right? Amen. Amen. Okay. That means take the rest of those uh, angel trees off that tree if you haven't gotten in there by the end of this, uh, this service so we can not be stressed about that. Okay. So big picture, right? That's, that's, uh, I, I introduced it that way and I just wanted us to see what do I mean by that, okay? That the big picture is that we have freedom in Christ. If you don't get the big picture, you're not going to get the little picture, Okay. It's like, like, let me bring you back to verse 7 that Noah just read, right? Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So what happened to them after their transgression, after their sin? It's the same thing that happens to us. Shame, and here's what we do. We hide. Right? We hide from one another. That's what, I mean, they weren't just making clothes, right? That was now a barrier between them because I, I have shame. I don't want, you can't know me. I can't be known by you because I have shame, right? And you can't let me know you because you have shame. And then uh, later on, we'll see next week, they hide from God, which is the silliest thing ever, right? 
play hide and seek with God, but they do because they're ashamed that God's going to know their sin. And that's what we do. I mean, somebody like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Well, God still does exist. You're just hiding from him. Or when we twist things to try to, I'm sure God is okay with it. You're hiding from God. And then worse, you hide from yourself. You're so ashamed that you try to hide it from yourself or you numb it or whatever you do to keep from thinking about it. Okay? And, and, and so the big picture is that that, that, that sin and, and shame and, and hiding got spread to all of us. You ever been to a zoo? You're looking at the animals. Maybe you're looking at the tigers and you got cotton candy or ice cream cone. And isn't this great? What if you were doing that, right, and, and this happened? Right? I mean, you wouldn't run, I don't think. I feel like that puts a target on your back, right? There's something about, I have enough, I've had enough cats in my life, small ones. Something runs, they look at it, right? So you, you don't want to, so you probably just go like this and hope someone else runs. That's probably what you do. Because they ain't putting that thing back in the cage. And that's what happened when they took that fruit. Is they unleashed this beast and it's just spread, right? Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this in, in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, us, because all sinned. Right? We all do. And then uh, verse, uh, what are we on? Eight, 19. He said, sorry, let me uh, back up. 18. Therefore, as one trespass, Adam, led to condemnation for all men, us, so one act of righteousness, Jesus, right, leads to justification and life for all men. He's a God of life. We've been talking about that. Um. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, Adam, us. So by the one man's obedience, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. So the big picture is that it's spread to all of us like a disease that we can do nothing of, and it puts chains around us, and you aren't going to work that off yourself without him, okay, by his grace. And this, uh, how he puts it in Galatians for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. All right, so, so he says, that, let me get my chain again. Right? So he says, you were all, this is the, the problem. It's spread everywhere because of, of that sin. And, 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 and yet, Christ has set us free. And so some, like you could take this chain and be like, like oh, I'm free. But then some of us still live like this, as if I'm still chained up. I can't do that. I can't, right? And I still feel horrible shame about my sins that Jesus paid in full, right? So you, if you're in Christ, are free. Free to fight. Free to not give in to temptation. Free to not put yourself on that throne and to put God where he belongs. <laughs> you see, the answer has always been Jesus. It was Jesus. It is Jesus. It always will be Jesus. And, and so... Just as when we sin and we feel that shame, what do we do? We hide. We hide from each other. We hide from God. We hide from ourselves. So now you have freedom. <laughs> you hide in Christ. You ever heard that term? It doesn't mean you're like, he's like a tree and you're playing hide and seek and like, hopefully nobody sees me. But what it means is you hide in him. 
in what he's freed you to, in his forgiveness, in his salvation, in his gifts of grace, all of that you hide in. So now when the accuser comes and says, I know what you did, you should feel great shame about that, you say, no, 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 he paid for it in full. And Martin Luther once said it's the greatest exchange. Not only does he take your sin and shame, he gives you and clothes you in his righteousness because of his obedience. This is why it's the big picture. (laughs) Because if you are in Christ, you're free. If you aren't, you're not free. And we have to get, if you're uh, not a Christian here today, that's our offering to you. That's God's offering. Hide in Christ. That means put your faith in him. You aren't going to work it off. You aren't going to be able to get where you need to go. He changes you from the inside out. That's how it works. It's called grace. And he gives you his righteousness. So when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see your record. He sees his. But without that, he will see your record. And it will be useless to you. So come to Christ. Now, if you're a Christian, It's not a one-time thing. I'm saved, now i got to gut it out, right? You hide in Christ every day. Every time that you're horrible, you're lousy, you should, you, you know, the accusation, the slander, all that, right? All of it. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm in Christ. (laughs) I'm his. I'm a son or I'm a daughter of the king. That's the answer when you're hidden in Christ. And so all of us do that every day. And so with that in mind... Let me bring you back to this little picture, but still very important, of how deception happens, how it happens to us. Verse 1, when he said, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. A few things with that. One, this is, I don't think a stretch at all. Okay, but notice you see that term, Lord God. I've pointed this out before, but in the Hebrew, original language of this, it is Yahweh, Lord, Elohim, God. So Elohim is there is a God. He's a creator God. He's a big guy. Like, I'm not sure if he knows who I am, and I don't know if he cares about me, but he's Elohim. Yahweh is the personal name of God when he revealed himself to Abraham. And, he's, and so in chapter 2, 10 times, it's not that long of a chapter. We, had, we went through it last week, right? 10 times when he's forming Adam, when he's making Eve, right? He is Yahweh Elohim. He is the Lord who loves and cares and shapes and forms and, flour- and just gives him flourishing good gifts. He is the Lord God. You're going to see, right, that in a second when the serpent starts referring to him and then Eve, the Yahweh gets dropped, and he's just Elohim. I don't think it's a stretch to see that suddenly there's a doubt. Does he really care for me? Because <laughs> that's what he's trying to do. So, like, a lot of people, second thing to mention here, a lot of people will say that this is a myth. This actually, this whole story does not read at all like myths that we have. Um, and it's not treated as a myth by the Old Testament. It's not treated as a myth by the New Testament, and nor is it treated by, that way by Jesus. It's a historical event. Why does it get called that? One reason only, and we're going to see that. The serpent speaks, (laughs) right? And and we don't typically hear our animals speak. If you do see me, we can talk. It's okay, right? (laughs) Fluffy talks to me every day. Like, we're talking actual speaking, right? And and so the serpent's going to speak. But what we know, okay, from the rest of Scripture is that the, that the serpent in some way either was influenced or just downright possessed by the personal 
enemy and hater of God and all God's people. He's got a lot of names, you know, best as, you know, Satan, which, you know, means to accuse, or the devil, which means to slander, and other names as well, okay? And so, so it's, it's satanic. When something is um, working for Satan, it's not just a scary, creepy scene. It is always, always, always trying to get you to sit on this throne. God, I don't need you. I can be happy if I do it my way. Think about, you know the story of Peter with Jesus? I mean, Peter's like one of Jesus' best friends, right? And, and they're there, and he even has good intentions. That's oftentimes we hide behind good intentions. I meant well. So did he. Jesus had just got through saying, they're going to hand me over to the hands of men. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die, right? And Peter's like, not on my watch. That's not going to happen. I mean, I love you, Jesus. I don't want that to happen. I don't want you to, right? But Jesus then turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. Now, he wasn't actually Satan, but he was working on behalf of Satan, even though it was good intentions. You know why? Because Peter was like, move over, God. I got a better plan. And it's for Jesus not to go to the cross. And it's for my friend to still be with me, teaching and healing and do. This is what I want, God. I'm going to sit on the throne. And Jesus says, that's Satan. <laughs> and that's what the serpent's going to do. Watch how he approaches. Same thing. Same strategy happens to us. He said to the woman, did God actually say, oh boy, we deal with this all the time. Does the Bible really say, I think that in the culture that it was written in, and I don't know if they use that voice or not, but I hear it a lot. And it's like, no, the Bible does say it, deal with it. Either you like it or you don't, but it says it, right? Don't try to play these gymnastics and twist it, but that's what he's doing. And he's, and he's going to twist it, right? Watch what he says. Did God actually say you shall not eat of the, any tree in the garden? I mean, he probably knows that, that Eve is like, no. We eat from all the trees, including the tree of life, just not the one. But he makes it already sound like, did God really say? Like, does God really care about you? And he's casting doubts to the character of God. He's not Yahweh. He's God. And does he really care about you? Does he really want what's best for you? <laughs> and here, Eve, and I believe Adam, I mean, we don't know him, and we know he's there at the end. I believe he's there the whole time just going, Ooh. Hopefully nobody got a picture of that because that's embarrassing, all right? But that's how I picture it. I'm sure I would have done much better, right, if I was uh, there. Um, but they're, they're there, right, and, and, and they had an opportunity to step in and say, no. <laughs> You're talking about our God who formed us, shaped us, loves us, has given us so much. We are blessed beyond imagine. He is our God, and you don't talk about him like that. They had this opportunity, and they didn't. They linger in this. Now, she responds, sort of good at first. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. In other words, no, he, he lets us eat. <laughs> but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. <laughs> she doesn't know, as she lingers in this temptation, she doesn't know God's word. She adds to it and she takes away from it. I don't have any idea why she adds to it. And maybe it was Adam who added to it because he was the one that told her. I don't know. So maybe she's twisting it for her own good. But the first thing she says is that you not only can't eat it, but you can't touch it. God never said that. Now, I don't know why she added that. No idea. 
She just doesn't know. But the worst is what she takes away. And this is subtle. You might not notice this at first, but it's really important. What he said was, you can't eat it or touch it lest you die. You know what that means? She paints this picture of God just saying, listen, guys, just don't eat this because you might die. It's just what will happen. Kind of like passive. That's not what God said, is it? God said, do not eat of this lest you surely die. A judgment will come. This isn't a baby, right? And so she doesn't know what God said, or she twisted it for her own good. I don't know, because we all do all of those different things. I don't know which was her. But here the serpent, only speaks twice in this, by the way, pounces, says to the woman, (laughs) it's not funny, he knew what God said, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He pounces. At first, it's subtle. Question the character of God. Does God really love you? Does God, does God just, you know, now it's just a direct confrontation. <laughs> God is selfish. He doesn't want what he doesn't want. You could be so much happier if you did it your way, if you sit in the throne and not him. Right? That's now what he's trying to get them to think. And because they've lingered there so long and now they've started to see, but I could really have something, right? And the whole idea is, is to live, hear me, by sight, not by faith. We all do it. Oh, but I really need this. But this is what I need. Surely God can't be against something that would make me so happy. Why would God want me to keep doing something that doesn't make me happy, right? To live by sight is to sit on this throne. To live by faith is to say, God loved me, he formed me, he said to not do this. I don't always understand why. Maybe he'll tell me someday, but I trust him. But they linger so long that unfortunately they live by sight. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and he ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Mmm, I need that. I need it. It comes down to this, the little picture. Will I serve God or will I serve me? That's what it all comes down to. Will I trust God to be on the throne of every area of my, my life? My money, my sexuality, my uh, marriage, my singleness. My, will I let him be on that or will I say, eh, let me, let, let, me, let me take over here. Now listen, you know, I've said this before. You guys make awesome, you guys are awesome musicians. You guys are awesome moms and dads and grandparents. Awesome athletics, awesome students. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But you are horrible at being God. Was that insulting to you? I hope not. Because you just are horrible at being God. That's what it comes down to. But remember big picture, right? Because if you aren't in Christ, you're going to sit on that throne. But in Christ, you have the freedom to not. So here's a few things that I, just, that, that I think we can, we can learn from this in our own fight, in our own lives. Number one, don't linger in temptation. Right? Fight or run. Now, I wish I thought of fight or flight. That would have been better, but I didn't. Sue me, all right? Fight or run. Like the great pastor theologian, Kenny Rogers, once said, <laughs> don't fall in love with a dreamer. No, that's a different one. 
You know, you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away. You got to know when to run. Wow. There we go. So sometimes fighting is running, right? So what happens is we all come to this point, and you know what? Pray for me. This could get dangerous, but I need some help with this. Let me just uh, try not to hit Jack with this. Better watch out. Protect him, Sam. We got we to bring my fence out for this, all right? Ready? D. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. So, okay. So what happens? All right. That's worked out for a couple of services, so we'll see. All right. So what happens is every one of us in Christ have the freedom when we come up to this point on the other side of this fence is the throne of my life. God's on it, but it's like, uh, I want that fruit. I, but I... God will be okay. Like, I'm pretty sure it says in the Bible somewhere that it's okay for me to cheat on my taxes because God knows the federal government doesn't need any more of it. Too close to home for some of you? Is that too close? Right, so we get up this. So the idea here is don't linger here. Don't linger. The more you linger, the more you're going to start doubting God's character and start thinking, maybe I do need to do this. And you separate yourself from other people who will help you. You got to fight. How do you fight? James says that, that we fight, right, by, by we get the devil to flee from us by submitting to God. You ever heard the song, you fight on your knees? Now, maybe not physically, but in a spiritual, humble way. It says, God, help me. Show me your word. Put people around me. Give me the strength, right? And the devil will flee from you. you got to fight. you got to fight. But sometimes... Like Kenny said, fighting is running. Have you ever run? After our church last night, a guy said to me, I have a great story for you someday. I don't have time to tell it, but there was one time where I physically ran from temptation. I was like, I can't wait to hear that. It's going to end up in a sermon. I will change your name. No. <laughs> don't worry. You can still talk to me. It's okay. I'll always get your permission. Well, sometimes. Um, and, and so... You sometimes, like the Old Testament, uh, Joseph, right-hand man of Potiphar. Potiphar was a wealthy guy, tons of power, rose to prominence. God's blessed him mightily. He has access to anything in Potiphar's house except for his wife. That seems fair to me. And that seemed fair to Joseph. But Potiphar's wife was beautiful. And she really liked Joseph. And so she kept Adam to try to entice him into her bedroom. And he fought. Like, that's not right. That's not what God wants. That would be, your, your husband's been good to me, right? He fought, he fought, he fought, but he gets to a certain point, and we're not told why. We can imagine maybe why. Maybe he was feeling like, I've, I'm just, I can't do this anymore, and he runs, physically runs away, leaves his cloak behind, Right? Sometimes you got to run. You're flipping through, you know, Reels or TikTok or, you know, Facebook Watch if you want to be two years behind, right? Whatever it is. And, and you're watching. And first you're watching cute cat videos, right? Perfectly fine. And then something starts enticing you a little bit. And then the feed starts to register that. And you're just like, oh. Like you're at that fence. And maybe you fight, fight it off for a little bit. But then you got to know, I got to turn this off right now i got to run from it. i got to go do something else, something that's got to be okay with because I can't sit here anymore because eventually it's going to suck me in. I know me. I know what's going to. you got to fight, and sometimes fighting means you got to run. 
But you can't linger. Even if you think you are being strong, do not linger. Like there was a personal story of mine. It's been over 10 years now. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell it. Um, you don't know this person, okay? So don't try to figure it out. Um, but there was a, a, a mother and daughter. They were coming to church. And they weren't yet Christians. But it's like I could see, like, man, it seems like God's doing something here. And if you know me, that's like my heart. I know as a pastor, I've got to manage some programs. But it's not what I'm called to do called to see souls saved, lives changed in the gospel. That's what I love. So things are going fine. Nothing out of the ordinary, really. And then um, this woman messaged me through Facebook. And it was kind of subtle, but it was like, does she really mean that? I mean, to be honest, it's like I don't get a lot of that. And, you know, so I'm not really used to it. So I was like, I can't be. So I, I've, I fought because I, I'm like, I don't want to just like, just like tell her to go away because then what's, you know, I wanted to be God, right? Like, so I'm just like, so I was kind of like nicely like, no, you know. So, so a couple days later, it becomes far more aggressive and overt, a message saying, wouldn't God want it, right? Like that kind of stuff. And I knew right then and there, I had to run. I couldn't linger. Bad things are just going to happen if you linger. And so I just kindly said, i got to block you from everything. you got to find a different church. I hope you find one. I called, told one of our elders what had happened. I didn't do anything wrong, but it just kind of, ugh. Right? And then I told my wife that night, and just so we knew. Right? But it felt terrible, but it was what had to happen. you got to trust God enough to say, he's God. And I'm here, and if I keep hanging around here, even with good intentions, bad stuff's going to take place. Right? you got to run. It's okay to run. In fact, it's necessary sometimes to run. What you don't do is linger. Now, part of fighting, secondly, not nearly as long, but secondly, remember, I pointed it out about uh, Eve and her husband, passive husband, get God's word right. Believe. Get it right. right? This is God's, like, they had God's verbal command about the tree, right? We have this. It's not a suggestion. It's not just a, a book you read once and try to understand it like a science book or a history book. This is God's living and active word. It's all full of his truth and his commands, some of which we don't always understand, some of which we don't always like. Just be honest. Sometimes you don't like it. And sometimes you're just like, Ugh, right? But the idea here is when temptation comes, he's going to twist what's in here. What did he try to do with Jesus in the wilderness, Right? Satan was like, oh, this is really what you need to do. How did Jesus fight? It is written. It is written. It is written. And so I've said it a million times, maybe a million, maybe, I'm, maybe it'll eventually be a million. You cannot cut corners with this. I hope you listen to a million tons of sermons. I hope you, you know, read devotionals. You cannot replace spending time in God's word. Because when temptation comes in Christ by the Holy Spirit, you have the freedom to be like, that's not what it says. This is what it says. And I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to always understand. Makes sense. Does a two-year-old always understand what you tell him? Why would you always understand what God tells you? There's going to be times you're like, but I want to play in the Mass Pike. Well, just trust me. Not a good idea. It seems fun. It's not, it's not going to, you're going to get run over, right? And so God's word, God's truth, we've got to know what it is. 
And so speaking of that, I was in my own um, time the other day in the end of the book of Joshua. Pretty famous passage. You might know it. He's about to die. and He's got kind of one last speech to Israel. Um, they're in the promised land. And he says, hey, there's all kinds of foreign gods, small g. Like they don't actually exist. See, what, a, what another god is, another idol is, is me getting something to agree with my life and my decisions that I sit on the throne of my life. So he said, there's all kinds of these choices and you can't do both. And so he said what? Choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so I, in the end, like I hope you're, you know God's word, you're not lingering, you're fighting, you're praying, you're recognizing, all of that. But there comes a time, just in many times, where it's as simple as this, your freedom, big picture, freedom in Christ. Choose this day whom you will serve. You or God? Because there's going to be times where you don't understand why God says that and why God won't let you find that husband or wife or why God won't let you get that job. Or why, God, why am I going? Why is it, right? There is, and he doesn't always, sometimes he's silent. Or sometimes we just don't understand and you just have to be like, okay, but who am I going to serve? Me or God? Is it my happiness? Is it my hope? Is it God? comes down to that every moment of every day. You know, there was um, uh, about a week and a half, I think it was a week and a half ago, I was at uh, a soccer game. My niece Hannah, who's here actually at this service, uh, was playing in the state semifinals. So it was a big game. Cold out too. Ooh, night game. So I'm standing there, right, and here's the thing. Have you ever been to games like this? You know. The fans of one team and fans of the other team don't stand together. It's wisdom. It really is. It really is. But for some reason, there was this guy, nice enough, standing almost touching me, rooting for the other team. And I'm like, Lord, why? Must you test me in this way? You know what I'm capable of. Why? Right? And so he was okay, but he could tell he was a little frustrated with some of the things our fans were saying. And I'm like, of course, that's why you stand over there. Right? And, and yet, there he was. And so halftime comes along, and um, he kind of drifts away a little bit. And Pastor Josh was there uh, watching, and he came over, and I kind of tell him, I'm like, there's this guy, blah, blah, blah. And we were just kind of laughing about it. And then he stood next to me. I don't know if he was just trying to protect me or what he was doing. And as that half goes along, it becomes easier because it becomes clear we're, we're going to win, right? And so it was fine. I even spoke to him. I mean, better guy, right? Bigger guy. And the goalie got hurt, and she was of the other team. And uh, she wasn't life-threatening or anything, but she had to go to the hospital. So it was pretty bad. You don't want that to ha happen to anybody, right? So we kind of, at the end, towards the end of the game, and at the end of the game we were talking, and he, he, of course, knew this goalie and knew this girl. And so, you know, I'm like thinking, oh, man, I did great in this situation. And then Josh, he says, sir, would you mind we take a minute to pray for that girl? And he's like, I don't think anyone's ever asked this guy that, right? Sure. And I'm thinking, Josh, you need to be the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church. <laughs> Not me. <sighs> so humbling, right? And he did. He prayed for good, just a minute. The guy had tears in his eyes. It was great. And then I did grab a hold of a little of pride. I said, no, 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 no. I just hire well, all right? It's called delegation. But what he did is he chose God. Well, yeah, he wasn't thinking like that. 
right? And here's what I will say, okay? That's why groups are good of other people who will do the same. Because you will have weak moments where you need someone to be like, I just, I long, I wish either Eve or Adam had said, no, 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 no. One of them, right? And so there will be days where it hasn't happened yet, but there will be days where Josh needs me to step in or someone else to step in, right? To step up and be like, this is how we serve the Lord in this situation. You're clearly a little weak right now. Let me do it. Let's do it together. But the point is, you'll get to a point where like, the federal government doesn't need more of my money. But God says, don't cheat on your taxes. You pay what you pay. Or this video. I mean, they already made it. It's already out there. I'm not hurting anybody by watching it. Are you going to serve the Lord or are you going to serve you? Are you going to serve the Lord or serve you? There will be all kinds of battling on your knees and, and running when you need to and knowing God's word, but it comes down to this. Who do you choose? And it's so in Christ, big picture, you are free. You are free today to choose the Lord. The chains are gone. You've been set free. Choose him every time. Let's pray. Lord, I um, thank you. I thank you for the brothers and sisters in Christ in this room and those who are watching us online right now. Thank you for each soul you've made in your image and saved by the gospel of Jesus. Thank you for the gifts, experiences, amazing things that they do to push back what is evil in this world. But Lord, all of us are in this fight, in this already not yet world, this struggle. Lord, forgive us where we've sat on that throne. Show us again how to get off and put you on it. But Lord, I pray, I know that we got people here right now in the middle of maybe more than one temptation, and they're lingering, and they haven't done anything yet, but they're lingering, and they're keeping one foot, and, and Lord God, would you show them, show them how much you love them, how much better you have for them, that they can trust you and to live by faith, not by sight. They can trust you with their marriage, they can trust you with their singleness, and with their money, and with their sexuality, and when they can trust you with their pain, they can trust you. God, would you show them that hiding in Christ is an everyday thing. Help us all to this day choose you, not me, not us. God, I pray you'd surround each one of us with others who are like-minded that will help us when we fail. Lord, for those who are trying to clean up their life from the outside in, I pray that you would open their eyes, that they need Christ, they need your death, your resurrection to run from the chains and their sin, to repent and to believe in you and you alone. Give them the faith to believe that they might be part of your family, our family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you can, stand with us. If not, you can sit there, but let's worship God together.